Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold the Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gun dog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force Free Gun Dog Training: The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazon's everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force Free Gun Dog Training. And I hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months. We'll see. That's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. I'm sitting here with my coffee, thinking about today's subject, which is going to be my dog hunts too far, which is usually spaniels, or my dog doesn't hunt far enough, which is usually HPRs. So it's a kind of <clears throat> two polar opposites situation today that I'm going to be talking about. Before we go on to that, though, I just want to remind you that there's an offer, there's a sale on my site, forcefreegundog.com, running at the moment using code HAPPYHOLIDAYS2023 at checkout. You can get 40% off any course. That's Happy Holidays 2023 and it'll give you 40% off any course on my site and that's running to the 2nd of January. So let's get on and talk about my dog hunts too far or my dog doesn't hunt far enough. Train your gun dog without force or fear. Motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Prevention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. So firstly, before I forget, if you want to check out other episodes along a similar theme, you can check out episodes 57, 58 and 78. So let's talk a little bit about my dog hunts too far and my dog doesn't hunt far enough. These are actually two different subjects. So I've kind of given myself quite a difficult task here. So the reason that dogs, well, there are multiple reasons why dogs hunt in the ranges that they hunt. So the first thing to say is obviously there is genetic factor. Some dogs are wider ranging and harder running genetically. And that just comes from their parents and their parents' parents, and it's just been passed down and, you know, it's there. And it's, this is not something that you can do anything about once you've chosen your puppy. However, if this is important to you one way or the other, then you want to make sure that you check out the parents' range and, you know, what they're capable of doing. So as always, look to the breeder, look to the breeding and choose accordingly. But assuming you've got your dog already, which is going to be the case for most people, that one isn't too helpful because you've got what you've got now. So what can we do about it once you've got your dog? Well, firstly, if you've got a dog which hunts too far, whatever the breed of dog, it's going to be because they have done this and they have discovered wondrous things further away from you. So this isn't something you really want spaniels to discover because if spaniels discover that amazing things are far away from you and that you're a bit redundant, then <laughs> they are just going to be bogging off and ranging too far and kind of going AWOL and hunting for themselves. And you don't really want all of that, particularly with a spaniel. So you want spaniels to hunt within shotgun range. Otherwise, anything that they put up is going to be a bit wasted because you won't be able to shoot it. So you want to keep your spaniels nice and close. And because dogs, especially when they are 
you know, highly aroused and excited and there's game around, they will naturally try and pull out a little bit more. They'll naturally always be on the on the edge of trying to go a bit further than you want. For that reason, it pays extra well to keep your spaniels in extra close because you're kind of taking into consideration the fact that however close you keep them, they're going to be a little bit further than that or they're going to be pushing that a little bit when they get onto game and exciting places. So how do you keep your spaniel in close? Well, you want to be hiding things for your dog quite densely at first within the range that you want them to hunt. So you're teaching them that all the good stuff is pretty nearby and they don't need to go too far. And you want to make sure that it, they don't, you know, they're not looking for ages without finding anything at first, that there is a, a sort of the ratio of reinforcement, as it were, is quite high at first, meaning that you have hidden stuff, whether it's tennis balls, puppy dummies, whatever, in quite a dense, close area. And so your your dog is going to learn that you don't need to go far because it's all right there. So that's the first thing to say. And you're keeping it all very controlled. So you are trying to teach the dog to hunt backwards and forwards, to maintain a good pattern and to, you know, to be working all the time. They're not going to be like, I don't know, um, not sure what to say, having a little lie down, sniffing around, scratching their bum, being a dog and then going, oh, let's do a little bit of hunting or let's go back to sniffing around. No, this is like concentrated, focused work. And you want to see 150% effort in quite a short amount of time. So that's one thing to say. Next thing to say is do not take walks with your young spaniel. Obviously, this being Christmas, some people might be might be wanting to do that. Um, it's a, it's If you're going to do it once or very occasionally, it's probably not going to be a big problem. But if you're going to do this regularly or routinely, then that's where spaniels end up coming a cropper. So basically, every time your dog is out off the lead, you want to be upholding the whole, we're here for a job and we're here to do this job really well. And if you're taking long walks on paths and not paying much attention to wind direction because you're following the path and you know, you're not really thinking about cover because you're just having a walk. You're not really thinking too much about whether there's anything for the dog to find or what the cover is like or whether there are hedges in the wrong places or what the pattern is that the dog is keeping, blah, blah, blah. There's a massive difference between a walk and quartering. So if your dog gets used to that kind of thing, then that's what they're going to end up kind of doing. So it's going to be difficult for them to discriminate when, when it's okay for them to do that and when you want them to be super duper hunters. So my suggestion, particularly with a young dog, and I think the thing is with a lot of this is that once you've established excellent um, ex- excellence, let's just say, when you when you have a young dog, you can often relax a lot of it as your dog gets older and they still remain able to do it. So it's not necessarily that you have to keep everything as strict throughout your, your dog's entire life. But what your dog learns when they're young really makes a huge impression and really sort of sets things up for the future. So it's much better to be a bit of a control freak, frankly, when your dog is young, and then to gradually relax things a little bit as your dog matures and just see, you know, is your dog, is that okay for your dog? Are they still able to do what you want them to do, given a little bit more freedom at other times? So it's much better to go that way than it is to give them all the freedom at first and then to kind of watch the wheels come off. So so yes, keep it close. Hide things in a very dense area. Don't take walks with your dog. Or if you do, do it very, very rarely or do it with the dog on a leash so that they're not going to be, that sort of hunting isn't going to be affected at all. Um, and I think those are like the, the, main, the main principles really. Um, yeah, think about where you're exercising your dog as well. 
So don't go walking in places where there are other people or even trying to train hunting in places with other people or places where other dogs have weed because that's not going to result in a good hunting quartering pattern. So if you already have a dog, this is, by the way, all optimal before you've got a problem. If you've already got a problem, if you've already got a dog which hunts too far, which likes to run to the horizon and you're wondering how to remedy some of this... The best thing to do with a spaniel is to keep the long line on, to keep them quite close, to keep them within the length of the long line, and to teach them the turn whistle as well. So you might want to check out, oh gosh, I didn't write this one down. It's a few episodes ago that I did a podcast episode about the turn whistle. You might just want to check that out as well, because the turn whistle is quite important if you've got a dog of any breed, HBR or spaniel, that you want to keep closer. So obviously, if you are trying to encourage the dog to be independent and to um, decide for themselves to go further, you don't want to be using the turn whistle because you're kind of micromanaging them then. But if you've got a dog that you want to keep closer, you do want to use the turn whistle more. You do want to be more involved in what your dog is doing. So generally, the more engaged and involved with you the dog is and the more connected to you the dog is, the closer they're going to want to be to you. And that kind of helps keep them, that your influence there kind of helps keep them close to you as well. So the turn whistle is part of that. And that's that's an important thing to be teaching them. I like to think of it, by the way, the term whistle as a sort of, we're going this way whistle and a sort of suggestion. What about going this way kind of a thing rather than an absolute. But I explain all that more in the podcast episode of the term whistles. I'm not going to go into that here because we will run out of time. So let's talk a little bit about my dog doesn't hunt far enough, the other side of this. So if you want your dog to hunt further, again, like I said before, there's a lot of genetics involved in this, but if you want your dog to hunt further, you're going to do pretty much all the opposite stuff that I just talked about. So you are going to not be as involved with your dog. You are going to be quite quiet and let the dog learn for themselves the wonders and reinforcements of the environment so that those reinforcers out there in the environment draw the dog out away from you. And they might be game scent, it might be game. Whatever it is the dog's going to find out there, they're going to find it if they range further. So that in itself, if your dog is young enough, that should really make a big impression on your dog. You should teach your dog to be more independent and to go looking further away. Um, obviously, sometimes you end up with a dog which is a bit older, which doesn't re- which doesn't hunt far enough. And that can be a little bit of a problem because dogs, dogs do tend to get quite set in their ways in terms of how close to you they're hunting. And it can be difficult to remedy that. It's, you know, something that game can help teach a dog though. So going somewhere where there is lots of game and where you know that if you allow the dog to hunt away from you, that they will find game. That will be quite useful. The other thing is not to be too much of a control freak. So if you are too much of a control freak, you're going to be be thinking things like, where's my dog? Am I close enough? What happens if my dog puts up game? Is my dog going to chase? You're going to have all of these sort of control freakery thoughts. And these are going to mean that you're going to want to be closer to the dog. You're going to want to be more controlling of the dog. And all that's going to work against the dog learning to be independent. With this kind of dog, you might need to allow them some kind of mini chase on the game that they flush, some kind of, you know, yay, I found a thing and take off any sort of requirements for control or sit or, you know, steadiness or stop at first while the dog kind of learns that game is really amazing. And then once you've got the hunting drive back again, you can put the control back in again later, we hope. But if you keep trying to uphold excellent levels of control, it can sometimes for some dogs just be a little bit of a downer and they can feel a bit micromanaged by you. And that can mean that they don't range or hunt independently because they're not too sure about what you want and what you don't want. It all gets a little bit confused and confusing. So using aversives can often affect dogs in various different ways when it comes to hunting. You get some dogs which may even blink game. So they find game, but they don't show any acknowledgement of having found it. They don't point it. They don't, you know, they just ignore it basically. And that's because 
every time they find game, what ultimately happens is they end up being punished. And the handler might think they're punishing the dog for not being steady, but the dog might think, might not make that association. The dog might go a step further and just think, well, every time I find game, I get punished. So I'm not going to find game anymore for you. I'm not going to, you know, show any sign of having found it. So using aversives and switching from being a sort of crossover trainer to being a force-free trainer is also quite important because the aversives and your previous use of aversives can be influencing the way the dog behaves now when they find the game. Um, so yeah, and that can be a difficult one as well, because if a dog's blinking game, you may not know that they are blinking game because you don't know the game's there because you're not a dog and you don't have a nose. So you only know the game was there and that the dog was ignoring it afterwards once the game is already flushed because you've put it up or, you know, the dog's missed it or whatever. So it becomes quite a difficult thing to remedy without, say, bird launchers and planting birds in st- strategic places so that you know they're there and that kind of thing. Um, and you might have to do some of that stuff with a dog which needs to learn that game is quote unquote safe and it's okay to you know have a ch- short chase on birds you're basically going right back into some early puppy introduction to game stuff just to help them so so yes and that comes about through use of aversives really so try not to use aversives i think you know i think the whole podcast really <laughs> has that message at its heart okay guys that's all i will see you tomorrow Hold the line.